Hey, Mel Tucker and the Michigan State football squad get another big commit for the 2024 class. And what did Mel Tucker have to say at his Mondays with Mel press conference? And then, oh yeah, all the good stuff that Tom Izzo had to say at his media day today. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, thank you so much for kicking off your day here with us at Locked on Spartans. I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and I'm going to guide you through all things green and white here, not just for the next 30 minutes, but also, as you well may already know, five days a week here in the Locked on Podcast Network. But before going any further, hey, today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. All right, hey, before getting into all the good things with MSU football in the first segment, followed with two segments of MSU basketball talk. Yes, once again, thanks a lot for making us your first listen. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this YouTube channel, this podcast channel, however you are digesting this. Hey, give us a review, give us a like, give us a whatever makes you happy. All right, so it has not been a sterling two weeks for Michigan State football, uh, needless to say. However, Uh, That does not necessarily mean recruiting has taken a hit because, yes, during the day on Monday, surprise, surprise, Jamari Howard out of Florida commits to the 2024 class for Michigan State. Uh, Kind of somewhat a surprise, I would say. Uh, You know, I don't think this kid was planning on committing anytime soon. And also, well, look what just happened the, the last two weeks for Michigan State. But then again, this is maybe why you get Jamari Howard's commitment because this top 200 player in the 2024 class is a cornerback. Yes, that's a position that could use some help here in East Lansing. So maybe he sees that and uh, hey, okay, well, Mel Tucker's also a secondary guy. Really love the culture that he's building up in East Lansing. So that's how you get a commitment from top 200 player Jamari Howard, six foot three. 175 pounds, and also a track star as well. Uh, He does the 400-meter sprint. He does the high jump. He does the long jump. Really has the frame that you want in a cornerback at 6'3", and it's clear that he also has the speed as well. So that's why 24-7 Sports has him rated as a 4-star. I think Rivals has him rated as a 3-star, but regardless, you're you're getting a pretty good athlete from Jamari Howard. And, uh, yeah, it also might be a surprise, too, that Michigan State got his commitment because, yeah, okay, sure, like, Teams like, you know, homegrown Miami have offered him. Uh, Homegrown Florida State has offered him. But also uh, little schools known as Alabama and Georgia have also offered this kid as well. But uh, hey, once again, he verbally commits to Michigan State. Uh, This comes just two weeks after he was in East Lansing for the Akron game. And the 2024 class right now uh, is only two kids deep. But it's two kids you feel pretty pretty good about if you're a Michigan State fan in, of course, Jamari Howard, the guy we just talked about. And then also wide receiver Nick Marsh. Uh, He plays locally at River Rouge in Detroit. He is a top 100 rated player, Uh, 6'4", wide receiver. So yeah, uh, long way to go, even for 2023's National Signing Day, even longer to go for 2024. But hey, you'd, you'd rather have these kids verbal commitments than to not have them. So yeah, right now, MSU for 2024, I would say two for two right now with guys that you could feel pretty jazzed about. So yes, there is the good news that all of us MSU fans need right now when it comes to football. So let's 
talk about uh, the, the man in charge. Mel Tucker, he had his Mondays with Mel press conference, and yes, of course, he's uh, he's got a lot to talk about, because, okay, well, yeah, hey, recruiting seems to be going okay. What's been happening on the field, though, I don't need to tell you, has not been going well, and Mel Tucker opened up today's press conference, noting the turnover margin, the lack of explosive plays, sustaining drives, improved tackling, being tighter in coverage, putting pressure on the quarterback, third down defense amongst areas of improvement. So, really, essentially, the areas of improvement is playing football. It sounds like he he named pretty much everything you could possibly name as far as areas of improvement. And when you get lambasted 34-7 against Minnesota, who's a good team, not a great team, yeah, that sounds appropriate for things that you have to improve on. And Mel Tucker went on to say... Well, how do you fix it? Uh, Quote, we have some plans to do it. Exactly how we're going to do it. I prefer not to share that right now. Uh, Okay, Uh, so let's just guess what Michigan State's going to do going forward. Uh, I suggest playing with 13 guys on defense and seeing how many times the referees will actually catch you doing that. Uh, Maybe arm some of your players with, like, knives out there, you know, that spook the offense a little bit could help. Uh... Maybe have some defensive players wear the other team's colors on the field to confuse them, but maybe on a serious note, uh, if I could offer up some suggestions right now, or maybe have an inkling of what we're going to see this Saturday when MSU goes down to College Park to play the scrappy Maryland Terrapins. Uh, it probably starts with, uh, I would have Ben Van Sumeren spy uh, Tualia Tungavailoa, their quarterback, who, yeah, just like his older brother who plays in the NFL, has pretty good legs, uh, can scamper out of the pocket, can really make a play that's nothing into a play that's something. So maybe you have Ben Van Sumeren spy on him because I don't necessarily know either how much coverage in the passing game you're getting out of BVS anyway. So maybe just have him keep a close eye on his friend Tulia Tungavailoa on Saturday. Maybe some more outside blitzes as well. I did not think that really... Any A-gap blitzes over last weekend got home. So maybe, hey, with Jacoby Winman getting double teamed on the outside, maybe you sent uh, Chuck Kimbra in a little more, Angelo Gross in a little more. So, yeah, it, there's no doubt that pressuring the quarterback is going to be paramount here. You didn't do it against Washington. You got carved up. You tried to bring pressure last week against Minnesota. Didn't necessarily work. And with a guy like Tualia. Uh, you want to pressure him as well. You can't have him sitting all day in the pocket. So exotic blitz packages could be inbounds for Michigan State coming up because, quite frankly, I think you're also starting to run out of ideas here of what you could even possibly do. So there you go. Or, again, uh, have your defense wear uh, some Maryland jerseys. I don't know. If you want suggestions, there's mine right there. Uh, Tucker also said that his team is, quote, determined and optimistic as well, that they could fix the issues so, uh, look, if you're a person that takes uh, what Mel Tucker says at press conferences at face value, okay, then, then, yeah, you're feeling pretty good then that Mel Tucker feels optimistic about it. So why why shouldn't you? Uh, th- there you go. Just trying to stay upbeat here. You know, there we go. And also, um, interesting, uh, more interesting enough, uh, Mel Tucker, very mum when he talks about injuries, as I'm sure you know by now. Uh, but he did talk about Xavier Henderson and said, quote, he's able to get more involved now because he's more mobile. He was on crutches, and now he's just in a, uh, a right knee brace. So maybe we can expect Xavier Henderson back sooner than later. Again, I, you know what? Like He didn't really say as much of a timeline other than that, hey, he's off the crutches, he's on a knee brace, he's mobile. 
Does that mean he can go back to conditioning, you know, running some plays maybe without pads? Is he fully padded up now? I, I don't know, but hey, maybe a Xavier Henderson return is sooner than a lot of us thought. And then a uh, really interesting note too, which I uh, thought, you know, uh, really spoke to why Jared Broussard started last week, obviously, is that he said Jalen Berger was banged up coming out of the Washington game and also uh, came out in the fourth quarter to meet with trainers. And that's why Jared Broussard got the start. On Saturday right there. So Jalen Berger a little banged up. Did enter the game in the second quarter though. Which, hey, if you ask me, uh, too little too late. But uh, also amongst running back speak, he did say that he has to have his running back start, quote, hitting the holes that are open for them. Kind of, you know, I was going to say not a, I was going to say a subtle way to say, hey, our running backs aren't really carrying their load either. But I don't really think that's actually subtle. He's just straight up telling you that, yeah, the offensive line is opening some lanes, and our running backs just have to have better vision when it comes to hitting them, which is obviously something that the run game hasn't done a lot of in the last two weeks. Whether you think the holes are there or not, Mel Tucker obviously thinks so, and he's sending a message to his running backs that, hey, the reason that our running game has not been stellar the last two weeks is uh, maybe on you guys a little bit too. So I... Hey, uh, look, when it's this bad, I think a little bit's on a little bit of everyone, if you ask me. But, yeah, having uh, you know one of your running backs hurt, and then, well, the coach saying that the running backs aren't hitting the holes the way they should. Uh-oh, yeah, that could be the indicator right there. So hopefully some good film sessions, uh, you know, buff things out. Hopefully some good practice helps. Maybe even visiting the Terrapins helps a little bit this weekend as well. They just gave up a scrillion yards to Michigan last week, so maybe we could just use some Maryland medicine to get our run game back going because um, we just need anything to get going here uh, if you uh, catch my drift because it's, it's been not, not, not a good last two weeks. But hey, shout out to recruiting. You guys uh, are not skipping any beats right there. So there you go. We're going to switch from the basketball field the basketball field, that's nice. We're going to switch from the football field, I should say, to the basketball court here in a hot second. But first, need to talk your ear off about the Upside app. Gang, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-opening check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all right where it hurts, and boy, does it really hurt. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, and with every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Now, to get started, well, download the free Upside app. It's that easy. And use my promo code LOCKED. That's right, just LOCKED, and you're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's a free $5 bill just for doing something you do every day buying stuff next claim an offer for whatever you're buying on upside hit the check-in button at the business pay as usual with a credit card and get paid in comparison to a credit card rewards or loyalty programs you could earn three times more cash back with upside and upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week so what are you waiting for join the party and find out why they are getting a 4.8 star rating on the app store Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. One more time, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. And before we get into some basketball talk, hey, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day here on the Locked on Spartans podcast. 
So, uh, one of the longest events of the year has happened in East Lansing, and that is the opening media day for Michigan State basketball. Yes, the lovely beat reporters from Michigan State go into Breslin Center and hear Tom Izzo talk for roughly nine and a half hours, uh, because Tom Izzo loves himself for microphone and sharing his mind, and we love him for that as well. I should have shouted these guys out last segment, too, because a lot of them were at the uh, Tucker press conference. Guys like Graham Couch, Chris Solari, uh, Ryan Black, Matt Wenzel, Stephen Brooks. These are all the beat writers that have been tweeting out these quotes. So, yeah, sorry, I should have shouted them out last segment. Uh, But also, too, we're going to be reading a lot of quotes that they uh, were tweeting out today from Izzo's press conference. So just want to give proper credit where it's due right here. And um, we're going to start with injuries. And, uh, you know, funny enough, like, what a juxtaposition from going from uh, Mel Tucker talking about injuries so far this season, uh, where uh, a player could be crushed by a piano in a cartoonish fashion, and Mel Tucker will just say, yeah, he's sore, he'll be ready when he's ready, and then going to Tom Izzo, who will all but break OSHA laws uh, to talk about his players' injuries. He, he will show you the x-rays of his players' uh, bodies if you ask politely enough. But anyway, so injuries are already, unfortunately, a concern for this basketball team. Um, we'll get into it right now. He says that Malik Hall has a stubbed toe. And yes, over the weekend at the game, Malik Hall was seen wearing a walking boot on the sidelines, but it's nothing serious. And I actually believe that too. Uh, This was just one year, almost a decade ago now at this point, when I covered the basketball team for the state news. But Michigan State basketball, I swear they got paid commission for every time they used a walking boot. Players were in walking boots all the time, precautionary. Or maybe sometimes it was a little serious, but I, I got used to just seeing players in walking boots and then they'd be a full go at practice the next day. So when he says that, it maybe not, it's might, it's probably not a big deal despite he was just in a walking boot. You know, more times than not, he actually means that. And he also said Malik Hall will only be out a few days, so he could be back on the court by next week. It wasn't a broken toe. Um, It was just, you know, just a small toe injury right there for Malik Hall. So not too much to panic about right there. The more serious injury is one that we talked about last week. Uh, It was Jaden Akins, his stress fracture in his left foot. And Izzo said, quote, hopefully give us a week or two before the first game, uh, which is when he'd be back. He hopes that Akins will be back a week or two before that first game. But also added that of all people that will stay in shape while injured, it'll be him. Uh, He's been using the bike, the Versa Climber. Uh, His cardio is going to be where it has to be, Izzo says. And yeah, with the guy with the work ethic like Akins has, you you don't really worry about his cardio as much as you just worry about that injury because that's not an injury that should be rushed back. Izzo was asked about if Akins is going to be on a uh, minute's limit this season. And Izzo said if that's what the doctor recommends, yeah, that's probably what we're going to do here. So... Got to trust the medical team on this one. I think Izzo knows that, especially with a team that is only at 10 scholarship players and maybe nine that were only going to be playable this year because they were going to redshirt center Carson Cooper. Or are they? That's right. How do you like that segue right there? Uh, Center. The center position is going to be a big topic of conversation, not just this offseason, but going into the entire year because, look, you're you're kind of handcuffed there. You have Mati Sissoko, who really has not played a lot. You have Jackson Kohler, who's a true freshman, and now you have uh, Carson Cooper, the seven-footer from IMG Academy's B team, who they were going to redshirt the first year. 
and then kind of grow into a player that could be a contributor by year three or year four. But hey, uh, Izzo said that actually we might not be registering him at all uh, because, quote, he's actually better than we thought, said, quote, he is very talented offensively, in love with the game, and a way better athlete than I thought. Uh, now, Carson Cooper, like I said, hey, he's got the frame, seven feet tall, and basketball was still pretty raw to him. Uh, you know, had to get the coordination, learn his own body to play in a seven-foot frame, and that's why he's on IMG Academy's non-traveling team, which is uh, honestly like still a pretty good team nationally. If you're at IMG Academy, yeah, you're probably a pretty good athlete. But yeah, this might be a nice little surprise here for Michigan State. Now, we'll see as the season goes along, are they going to play him out of necessity or are they going to play him out of luxury? The fact that you can play this kid and he can contribute in a Big Ten schedule or even earlier in the gauntlet of the non-conference schedule, which we will get to in a little bit. But yeah, that was interesting to hear about Carson Cooper to, you know, hey, we might be seeing this kid a little earlier than later. And, uh, you know, about Mati Sissoko, too, going to be honest, I don't know how I feel about this quote, but he said, quote, Mati is making great strides, but it was almost like starting over. And also went on to say he hasn't played enough. For a third-year guy, I, I, I like the blunt honesty from Izzo. You could always count on him for that. But, like, am I in love with hearing that, you know, a guy that you hope can start at center this year is, quote, starting over? I Maybe I'm just misinterpreting the way that was said. Maybe he meant it in a different way. But, like, I don't love it. But then again, like, look, it hasn't been a good first two years for Mati necessarily. I think that we thought that it would be kind of a, a project where, hey, maybe by the second year he'll really contribute. Yeah, he's a little raw his first year. The second year he'll take a jump. Don't think that jump ever came, so maybe just starting over from scratch is the way to go. I don't know. We're going to have to stay tuned uh, to find out about what's going to happen there. And even if nothing happens at the center position, Izzo talked uh, a good amount about small ball as well. Uh, saying that Michigan State can go, quote, very small with some of his lineups. And then also added that Pierre Brooks can play the four. Quote, we do have some flexibility. Now again, yeah, it's flexibility, but is it also necessity if you don't have a proven center? Is it just your best lineup that you have? Maybe it's not even flexibility. I, again, I think this is something that Michigan State just might have to do of going to small ball. But small ball... Look, it doesn't look that bad, honestly. Like, you can have a lineup of A.J. Hogarth at the 1, uh, Tyson Walker at the 2, Jaden Akins at the 3, Pierre Brooks at the 4, and then Joey Hauser at the 5. Or, hey, you want to mix it up? A.J. Hogarth at the 1, Tyson Walker at the 2, Akins at the 3, Malik Hall at the 4, and Hauser at the 5. That lineup I just named actually has four guys that shot over 38% from 3 last season. And the only guy in that lineup that isn't is A.J. Hogarth. The guy facilitating everything, so that's that's not a bad offensive lineup. Now, sure, when you get on the defensive side of the court, and we see Joey Hauser against I don't know a Hunter Dickinson, if you will, or anyone else at six ten or higher and has a good post game. Not sure how much fun we're gonna have then, but hey, when the Spartans are on offense, that's a good, nice little small ball lineup that could you know heat up, microwave yourself into some points here, a nice little six zero run if you need it, but. Yeah, again, get ready for a healthy dose of small ball. Something that's become more and more popular in the college game as years have gone along. But yeah, that's going to be a, a nice interesting look for Michigan State. No doubt about that. I, 
again, now I'm just spitballing here. Uh, Hogarth at the one, uh, Aitkins at the two, Brooks at the three, Hall at the four, and then I, you have Jackson Kohler at the five. I, there's going to be a lot of fun combinations here um, at the start of the season. Now, either fortunately or unfortunately, uh, the start to the season is going to be trial by fire because, as you know, this non-conference schedule is even more loaded the, than ISO standards usually have it at. Playing against Gonzaga, you're playing against Kentucky, Villanova. You're at the PK-85 when you start off against Alabama. You could be seeing UConn later that weekend. You also go to Notre Dame, who could be a spicy team. And, oh yeah, before all that starts, you're doing a closed-door scrimmage against Tennessee down in Knoxville. So, yes, uh, Izzo said as much, quote, Did we bite off more than we could chew? Yes, we did. Am I upset about it? No. I'm not. That's the Izzo we know and love. Um, that's it's and it's the Izzo that has built Michigan State to where they are today. Way back then, when he was trying to build Michigan State from the ground up, scheduling tough opponents, trial by fire, baptism by fire, however, whatever catchphrase you want to use. That's that's what Tom Izzo has always done. I feel like it's going to be very important this year as well because look, there's a lot of question marks on this team. Do I think they'll be a good team? Yeah, sure. But man, could you really make yourself a great team by running through a gauntlet very early on this season? Now, of course, the key is that, well, you got to win some of those games too. Especially, you know, with a tournament resume that might not be easy to pad in Big Ten play because I don't know how hot the Big Ten's going to be this year. Don't really know how many quality wins there are in the Big Ten. Can you get some wins here that would maybe turn you from a six seed into a four seed? For example, like that, that'd be nice, but also it's really nice to learn about yourself this early in the season. I know I'm contradicting everything I said about the football scheduling debate of, hey, I would, I would rather play three cupcakes early on in the season, get your easy wins, than play, you know, tough power five teams. In basketball, I think it's completely different because you, you can absorb a few losses easier in basketball than you can in football. And you can also learn a lot about your basketball team when you play against the likes of, well, Gonzaga on an aircraft carrier, uh, Kentucky, Villanova, all that fun stuff. And I also love this quote, too, that Izzo had about playing that aircraft carrier game in San Diego, saying, quote, the aircraft carrier is Michigan State. I wasn't going to let somebody else steal it. That's right, Tom. That's right. Own the rights to aircraft carrier games. Let's get nuts. A team from the Eastern time zone, that's right, capitalizing, just owning, owning those games played in San Diego and aircraft carriers. I absolutely love it. Uh, Michigan State, obviously one of the first teams to do it. The other team, okay, North Carolina, the team they played. But yeah, put your stamp on that, Tom. We are an aircraft carrier school. Damn it. That's right, let's go. Uh, Also, hey. This is a big, big talking point as well. Uh, you know, especially, hey, if, you li- if you've listened to the show last year or in the offseason, even the offseason before that, but leadership. And this was really fascinating, I thought, because Izzo said, quote, leadership is still a problem. And I thought that was really uh, fascinating. And I wonder if he's challenging someone on this team. Well, of course he's challenging someone on this team. I mean someone else on this team other than A.J. Hogard. Because, look, from the outside looking in, when you're watching games on TV or just what you hear out of practice, like, A.J. Hogard's got that dog in him, and he's a guy challenging everyone else on the court, getting in their face. And we haven't had an upperclassman leader like that in quite some time. Maybe since, you know, Cassius Winston? 
But even he wasn't much in your face, you know? Like, I don't think the last few years had a lot of guys like that. Like, Aaron Henry, I think, just led by example. He didn't really, like, you know, get in your grill and challenge other guys. And, of course, you know, that's not the only way you can lead a team. But it's been a while since we've seen something like that at Michigan State. So I think we have A.J. Hogard doing it. But here, Tom Izzo say it's still a problem. I think he's sending a message out to other guys like Tyson Walker, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, like those older guys, you know, just to let everyone know that, hey, AJ can't be the only guy doing this. We need someone else to step up and be a leader that maybe Michigan State didn't have last year as an upperclassman, maybe even the year before the way Izzo wanted it. So interesting to hear that, you know, because I thought leadership was going to be in a good spot with AJ Hogard, but yeah, he wants to see someone else step up and help Hogard. That's how I read that quote, um, at least. And also, it would not be a Tom Izzo start of the season press conference without talking about retirement. And he did speak on, hey, Tom, when are you going to leave this place? Uh, He said, quote, I don't think the game will get me out. I think the administration of the game will get me out. And then also added that he's been on boards, committees to help uh, the future of this game, uh, college basketball, because it goes without saying, drastic changes have been made in college basketball, the transfer portal, uh, NIL becoming a thing. And let's move on from Media Day to actually an episode that dropped last week on the Draymond Green Show. you got to check out this podcast, especially that episode. And I'm sure you've you know at least heard about it by now, but Izzo and Draymond talked for about 45 minutes. Awesome, awesome episode. They did it uh, during Grind Week, which is you know a lot of current and former players meet up. For a week of not much of a party reunion, but actually, well, what it says, grinding it out, getting nitty gritty in the weight room, the gym. But hey, Izzo and Draymond sat down. Look, they, they talked about everything from the start of Izzo's career, the early recruiting wins that helped build the program, uh, how they should have won the title in 2010 because that horrible no call against Butler, and that they would have beaten Duke the following Monday. Uh, also, Draymond talked about how he wanted to leave. His freshman year after not playing at Ohio State, how he called his mom and his mom essentially hung up on him. I'm not going to spoil the whole podcast. Go listen to it, though. But we will get an excerpt uh, from here as well. There's two things I want to go over. The first is retirement because Draymond Green, great podcast host, asked him point blank, how much longer do you want to coach? How much longer do you want to coach? And Izzo said, quote, I watched some guys stay a year or two too long. The day I feel like I don't want to take red eyes, go out recruiting, have some meetings in my office, I am gone. But that day is not soon because he also said, quote, I am rejuvenated. The campus is electric right now. He talked about Mel Tucker and the football team really juicing up the campus. Even the hockey program get, uh, getting going. Talked about the cranes in the sky uh, when he talks about the Mun Arena renovations. Even post-COVID activity. You know, Tom Izzo said that he was sick of sitting in his office, surrounded by windows, and not seeing anyone walk around campus. Now that, um, you know, the, the COVID um, what shutdowns, if you will, are over, so to speak. Um He loves that campus is buzzing right now. And also traveling to Golden State, traveling to Boston to watch Draymond Green capture his national title, or NBA title, I should say, that has rejuvenated Izzo as well. And also, too, having a top three recruiting class for the 2023 class, I'm sure, can't hurt things. But uh, he also talked about NIL as well. Draymond Green asked, 
How have you had to adjust as a coach? And then, you know, Draymond also included that A.J. Hogarth took a vacation to Jamaica off of NIL money. Um, and also, Izzo said during his answer that, hey, you, Draymond, like, you could have left after your freshman year. Like, if your freshman year was right now, you might have been gone with the way that, you know, life is in college basketball. And Draymond actually said, yeah, absolutely, I would have left after his freshman year. So, really thought that was unique, but... Izzo said that about NIL and then also the transfer portal, I wish they would have agreed to some kind of stipend. I'm all in favor of name, image, and likeness. If you're worth something you can do to pay a player without uh, contracts or the ability, um, look, he, he wants contracts in the game is what he's saying. Quote, there should be contracts because contracts means you don't get to leave every year. And then he spiraled into transfer portal talk and made a lot of good points. Like, Quote, these guys are free agents every semester, and that causes problems. What are the unintended consequences? This year, there were over 450 college basketball players that put their name in the portal and now don't have a place to go. And I think that's not talked about enough, is that the guys that go to the transfer portal, and literally hundreds of them, never find a second home. It happens in basketball. happens in football. So if you leave because you're only playing 11 minutes a game as a freshman... Is that really the best, uh, you know, opportunity for you? Not not just for your college basketball career, but also beyond. Because Izzo brought something up interesting, too, that we talked about last week, is that I thought it was interesting that Corey Lucius was brought back to campus, and he transferred away from the program. I thought, you know, maybe not the best blood was there, but no, Izzo reached out, got Corey Lucius back on campus, which is good and really, honestly, like, kind of speaks to the person that Izzo is. Because he also said that, hey, like, for example, let's say you're a guy that transferred two or three times. Where are you going back to after you graduate if, if you need help, if you need guidance, if you need a community? Like, when you transfer two, three, four times, like, you, you kind of lose sense of that college family that you build, which is really important. And look no further than a place like Michigan State to speak about that. I mean, just look at all these guys that come back. Look at the community, the brotherhood that Michigan State basketball is. You, you transfer immediately. Look, it, it might not always be there. there. You know, he might not always reach out to you if, if you transfer out. And especially, you know, not just Izzo might not do it, but a lot of other coaches not just might not, but probably will not. So, yeah, it's the unintended consequences like that, leaving too early. You, you know that Izzo doesn't love the transfer portal. And contrary to popular belief, yes, he, he does like NIL. I know that a lot of people take his quotes out of context and want to make him the curmudgeon, the old coach that, oh, he hates players getting paid. No, he's for it. I think anyone is for it. It's just he wants to see some guardrails against it and make sure that, yeah, this whole thing doesn't blow up to an unmanageable mess. And that's why he's on these committees, on these boards, and that's why he's trying to get the game in somewhat of a good spot. And if it isn't somewhat of a good spot, well, we could just keep on adding years to the end of his career before he leaves, which is, uh, hey, f fine with me. So, Tom, stick around. There you go. Uh, and also, hey, you. Stick around uh, for other episodes of Lockdown Spartans. We will be back tomorrow. Stephen Brooks will be joining us tomorrow. Later on, we will have a Maryland game preview. And then, hey, final thoughts on this Saturday's game coming up for Friday's show. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for giving us a listen every single day here in the Locked on Spartans podcast. Love you all. Go enjoy the rest of your day, and go green.